This episode is brought to you by the very first Weight Inclusive Business Workshop through Weight Inclusive Innovators. Yep, you heard that right. Mark the dates of September 29th and 30th because we are hosting the first ever workshop where there's a mixture of learning and doing. During these two days, we're going to cover the importance of laying a business foundation that'll set you up for success, business strategies to keep you on the path to success, business finances, marketing, customer experience journeys, systems so that you can work smarter and not harder in your business. And you guessed it, we're going to be talking about the Enneagram and how to use it as a business tool. So mark the dates for September 29th and 30th. Registration is open. You're not going to want to miss this event. Head over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com to register during our early bird. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive in to today's episode. Happy Monday, Weight Inclusive Innovators. We are back. And today we're going to be chatting about navigating personal relationships as an entrepreneur, because as much as we would like to keep business life and personal life separate, that rarely happens. And so we're going to be diving into navigating relationships with family, specifically when you receive unsolicited advice from them, navigating relationship with friends, both friends who are entrepreneurs and those who aren't, as well as with your partners. And I'm super pumped about that one because we actually started this podcast when I was going through a breakup. So we'll get to bring in all the emotions with it. But before we dive into today's episode, uh, we will be checking in with Hannah. Hannah, what were your business highs and lows of the week? My business highs and lows of this week. Okay. Oh, where do I start? I'm going to say my business high is I got to have happy hour with some of my Nourish Colorado team. I'm going to say last, it's this week because it's within a week of recording. Um, but we had a little outing together and just grabbed some drinks and food. And it was so wonderful to connect. We laughed until we cried a lot. And um, one of our new dietitians was able to come, which was awesome. And it just made me appreciate being in a room with people. We're still very virtual. And I think that's going to continue to transition after Labor Day. But for now, it's kind of hit or miss in our office, like if you're going to catch someone or not. I know today I'm in office recording and there has been two people here today, um, but I haven't gotten to say hi because just in back-to-back meetings, but it just, it makes me so happy to be with your people and in a place having food and drinks and just enjoying each other's company and being able to slow down and just connect. Like it's not, there's no agenda. We're not having a meeting. I'm not doing supervision. Like we're just being humans existing in relationship how appropriate for today. And (laughs) like our only role is to like eat the food and drink the drinks and connect. So it was lovely. That was my high. Oh, I love that. I miss having a team so much. I'm so envious of your team getting to bond like that and, and have those personal connections. Yes. Well, hopefully as you continue to build out stuff with the different things you're doing, like you'll have more in-person connections that will fill that. But my low this week my brain is a bit blank and that's kind of my low because I feel I'm just scraping by a little bit. Like I know I'm really slacking on grad school. I'm not putting in the work that I would want to, because I really do like the content and it's so helpful for me as a leader of my practice, as someone who leads other business owners in leading their practices. And so I feel like I need to do some thinking this weekend and reprioritize and figure out what is happening there for me. Um, I think part of it is I'm still trying to get back into the swing after being off for the week at the cabin, which was wonderful and so needed, but 
there's always a little bit of that, uh, buck. I am not caught up yet. And so I'm just, I'm going day by day and doing what I can. And that's all I can do, but I have a three to six page paper due on Sunday. So it's Wednesday and I haven't started. Oh (laughs) no. (laughs) We are fine. It's going to be great. Are you still dedicating Wednesday nights to work on grad school stuff? Yes. And I'll talk about this when we get into personal relationship stuff too, and explain more on that TLDR. I have been doing that on Wednesday nights, but I'm also realizing I want to try to work that into my day so that I can have that evening free with my partner. So yes. And I'm, I'm going to play with my schedule and try to shift it a bit. All right. You'll have to uh, check in whenever you reflect this week. (laughs) I will report back. What about you? So my high this week, highs, because, you know, we suck at choosing one thing. So (laughs) I hate choosing one thing. I know. So high this week is I started bringing to life the Ted Wind Inclusivity Conference website. Yay! Designing conference websites might be like, like event websites might be my new like top passion in web design. And then maybe it's just because it's like new and it's different than what I've been doing in the past, but getting to work with Gina, Tina and Heather and bring that to life has just been so freaking fun. And then I met Courtney Vickery today, who is a dietitian. She runs, I think it's pronounced Declet Designs. She's a dietitian and she's also a web designer. And so getting to connect with her was incredible. I love people that like do something similar to you and they're just so cool about it. I know there's, there's some people can, you know, get a little persnickety about quote unquote competition, but it was so refreshing just to get to talk to her. We both have our hands in a few different cookie jars, which, you know, I love those kind of people and we design websites on different platforms. And so I was like, this is like, it's so good to have another resource out there. Cause I know, so she designs through WordPress and I don't touch WordPress. And so I've, and I've had so many people come and they're like, no, I'm already on WordPress and I'm not going to like, I'm not switching. And so like having someone that I can send them to that also gets what we do. I'm pumped. What a great space for you to be in mentally as well. It's kind of like that. What is it? Community over competition and knowing like there is plenty of people who need websites and people with different strengths. And so I love that for you. And we will link Courtney in our show notes as well. I'm going to check it out. I mean, and like, realistically, like there's how many weight inclusive businesses and I can work with no more than like 22 people a year. And that is like max, max, maxed out. Max maxed out. And so, and there's just, there's, there's way more need than just for 22 people. So it's nice to have more people in this space, um, especially who are like also non-diet clinicians. So loved that. My low this week, we're just going to be really transparent. I'm still all up in my feels about this. Um, my VA quit two weeks in, They had other projects that they were working on, but you know, it kind of sucks when someone quits because I was like, my, uh, my immediate thought was, what did I do wrong? Mm. And it's not necessarily that, but that was my first thought that I had. And so I was like, I'm just going to sit with this for a week. It's been over a week, but we recorded early last week. So it's been a little bit more time. Yeah. And I just, I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do. I'm like, I'm like, I know I need a VA. And so like, I know I'm going to end up hiring someone eventually, but I might just take a pause on it. Cause that truthfully sucks. <laughs> um, and I, and I get it and I don't fault, you know, anyone like, it's just, it is what it is. Like there's nothing I can do to change it. So I'm just going to have to accept it and move on. But I definitely don't have the the energy and the capacity to like dive into interviews again. So. Ugh. I am so sorry. And I, I, my brain is going in a million different places of just one, like appreciating so much your transparency and being like, yep, this fucking happens. And sometimes you're excited about something and then it, it goes away for X, Y, and Z reason. And, um, being on this platform too, I think it's a gift and really vulnerable to be like, this thing didn't fucking work out. And I was excited about it. 
Mm-hmm. So I am sending you lots of love and totally understand the energy drain that comes with onboarding and hiring people, even though it's exciting and great when it works out, but to do that and then have someone leave is really fucking tough. And it's no, no shade to individuals. Like people have to do what they have to do, but, and there's a lesson to be learned each time of like, okay, now I know more questions to ask in an interview, maybe to, to vet out people who might be too busy or X, Y, and Z. And so I know that somewhere along the way, you're going to find somebody really effing awesome to help you build some shit out. And I'm yep. sorry. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely vulnerable to, to talk about it. Cause I mean, I think we've talked about on every episode so far of like, yeah, it only took me like two weeks to, or uh, a month to find someone. <laughs> and then now I'm like, mm, okay. Swallowing that. Yep. Got it. <laughs> yep. I'm waiting for my moment for that to happen. So don't, don't uh, even say so Yeah. Yep. Nice and transparent. So <laughs> woo. Woo. Ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. Today, we are chatting about factors outside of your business that impact you running your business that have to do with the different kind of relationships. So the main ones we're going to go through is family, friendships, and intimate relationships. And as Morgan and I were hashing this out, we were having such a hard time grasping like a title for what we're trying to say. So we're hoping through conversation and speaking to experiences we've had and that we see other people go through and the unique things that come with navigating personal relationships as an entrepreneur, that it kind of makes more sense of why we're talking about it. We're really hopeful for that because basically what it came down to was like, we kept thinking of personal things, outside factors that are impacting our business. And if we would have said yes to all of those, this episode would have been like four hours long. So we were trying to figure out, we're like, okay, we know we have a lot to talk about, but like, how do we divvy this up? And so we're starting with relationships, family relationships, friendships, intimate relationships, slash having a partner. And we'll, we'll start there and we'll see what comes of it. For family stuff. When we think about being in relationship in our families, what are like unique things that you've noticed or seen or experienced as an entrepreneur in relationship to your family? Just putting you on the spot. Yeah. Nope. I'm here for it. So as I've mentioned in a few other episodes, um, my dad is very much a businessman and both my parents are actually, well, my mom's not anymore, but both my parents went to school to become accountants. And so I feel like just having family members that are a little bit more entrepreneurial. My sister-in-law is an entrepreneur as well. There's just a lot of people in the family that have their own business. And I promise I'm like not trying to put an optimistic spin on this, but it's been pretty great. Like, I feel like all of them, like, yes, are entrepreneurs. Yes, have their own opinions about things, but I am also very thankful for a, for a family that is pretty dang good at communicating. And so, or even if there is feedback or advice that like, I don't necessarily agree with, it's not too hard to like, just choose not to accept it. I will say this though, I've been put in some like pretty tough situations in entrepreneurship. My my immediate reaction in business is to give people more chances than I probably should, because I firmly believe everyone's doing the best with what they have and we need to show a lot of grace. And there were, there's been a few situations that have happened where my dad and my dad was the first one that I went and talked to about it. And he was like, send this firm message back and tell them that you'll get a lawyer if you need to. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Like, Okay, like I hear where you're coming. Like he immediately goes to like the most intense way to protect my business. And so that's kind of been the only like point of not contingency, but he'll like tell me to do something or give me advice to do something. And I'll be like, "Mm, let me wait it out a little bit longer. (laughs) 
this brings up another question for me of like, so it sounds like you're saying you do go to your dad for advice as an entrepreneur and to get his take on certain situations, knowing that he is in, um, an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial situation as well. Is there times where you get unsolicited advice and does that feel different than going and asking for it? And what kind of unsolicited advice have you received? And what do you do when that happens? That was like 10 questions in one. That's very much my thing. I will repeat myself if needed. No, I think I got it. Truthfully, I don't get a ton of unsolicited advice. I'm, I'm like trying to think of the last time I got unsolicited advice from a family member. Like, even if it was unsolicited, I feel so confident in what I do majority of the time that receiving unsolicited advice doesn't impact me severely because I kind of view it as a mindset of like, well, I know what I'm doing. So like you think that like, yeah, I'll entertain the idea, but ultimately I'm going to trust my intuition because Mm -hmm. I'm the one running the business. Like you're not in my business. You don't know best. You don't know my audience. You work with people selling equipment. I work with therapists and dietitians, like very different populations. I'm wondering if there's almost the way you interact with people, whether it's your family or other people who give unsolicited advice, if the way that you show up with your confidence and your knowing, like people don't even bother to give it to you because they're it's like a boundary that's been created of this is my business. This is my thing. And I'm not saying this directly to you, but also mind your business, not mine. It's very possible. As you were saying that, I also was thinking of, um, I'm also very much a fake it till you make it gal. And so even if I exude confidence, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm confident, but I could totally see that happening of like my fake it till you make it mentality. People are like, Oh, she's got her shit together. Even if I don't. I am also a fellow fake it till you make it person who plays that very, very well. And I think it's an important part of being an entrepreneur um, because it takes a long time until you quote unquote, make it. So what else are you going to do? Totally. And I think, I mean, there's, there's so many nuances to this, right. Of like everyone's family dynamics are different. Um, I just, I feel like I happen to have a pretty collaborative family with like some good entrepreneurial heads on their shoulders. Um, and so I feel like I, I haven't had to manage that. I mean, I, I, we're just going to be super vulnerable and transparent. I also have the mentality of like, I am not about to let my dad think that I'm failing. Not even that Mm -hmm. my parents and mainly my dad. (laughs) (laughs) So I also feel like I exude confidence sometimes because I'm like, he can't no, not know that I'm struggling. Cause like, trust me, I cry in front of my dad. I, I have a great relationship with him, but I also like, there's a piece of me that just like want my parents to be really proud of me, which like naturally. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's all we could ask to, to be for our parents. Um, if we're lucky enough to have a good relationship with them anyway, enough about my, um, emotional <laughs> inner child roller coaster. What about you? Have you, have you received unsolicited feedback from your family? And if so, how do you navigate it? You know, I don't think I would describe it as unsolicited feedback. I would say it's more of their fears being projected onto me, mostly in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. At this point in time, my parents especially have seen my success and I have one sibling, my sister, who is amazing and she's a therapist and I love her so much. Amy, if you're listening, Um, she's always been supportive of me and she's like, I know you got this. And so it's especially my mom who was very much anytime I would share something like, oh, this thing is happening or I'm excited to try this. It would always be met with like a fear-based response. And that's pretty much just my childhood. Like if I was riding a bike, my mom would be like, don't fall. It's like, wow, gee, thanks. I am not going to fall because you said don't fall. Nice. You know, it's just like, I think it's people, a lot of people have done this in my life. And I'm sure people listening are like, oh, I know that person. Not trying to put my mom on blast. I love my mom. But 
it's just like a normal response when you care about somebody, but you also have anxiety and a fear-based reaction to things that makes sense, but it's almost just, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an automatic response. It's not thought through. It's not like, wow, I am so excited for you and proud of you. Again, we want our parents to be proud of us. People in our life to be proud of us. But when you're met with like, oh, um, hopefully you can pay your bills or that's not, I can't remember the exact words of what has came up in the past, but being met with that is really tough because all we want as entrepreneurs is to be seen and hyped up and believed in. And when you're met with that, it's not even directly advice. It's just feels like it, it kicks you down a notch. And so that's kind of, it's a downer. Yeah. And that's what my experience has been like with my family. I'll talk through business stuff with my dad, like very briefly. And he's like, cool. That all sounds great. And is very supportive. And my mom is supportive too. Um, it's just fear-based reactions because people care about us and want us to be well and do well. So, yeah. As you're talking about that, I remember whenever I told my parents that I was, uh, quitting and working for myself full-time. And I, I, I'm curious if you had this experience too, of like the immediate reaction was like, wait, what? And then we had a kind of that fear base, that initial reaction. And then we talked through it and like, they've always been supportive, but like that support went from like a, like a two out of 10 of like, what to like a, a nine out of 10, maybe a 10 out of 10, who knows? Um, as time went on and like, it was approaching of like me actually leaving. Yes. And it's probably a generational thing when we're speaking directly to the parent child dynamic, even though we're not children, but just in their lifespan, it's always been work the same job, be loyal 40 hours a week. Like you do your work, you go home. And so the idea of entrepreneurship is like, what the fuck? Like that's the thing. Like, how do you do that? But yeah, it's just so interesting to think through. Do you think there's any other dynamics in families that you've heard people deal with or could imagine coming up? I think it's hard to answer that because whenever I think of family, I think of like my parents because single sink over here, single income, no kids, no <laughs> commitment. Uh, we're going to keep bringing them back. I really want merch with sink on it. <laughs> And so I imagine that if people have a little bit more of an extended family, they have kids. Um, I know we're going to get into like intimate relationships and, and partners, but I imagine that there's, there's probably some unsolicited advice that comes with that too, of like being an entrepreneur as well as a parent. And so I could see that coming up, but I also like have no experience with that whatsoever. So I'm not even going to like attempt to talk about it. 100%. We will definitely have a guest on the pod who is a parent and can walk us through all of that. I can imagine all of the things that could be coming up, but I'm with you. I can't speak to that experience. Also being a sink, technically. Yes. (laughs) Yes. For being sinks. Okay. I'm really excited to talk about friendships because as we were putting this together, we're like, okay, well, like we have friends outside of entrepreneurship and we have friends who are entrepreneurs. And I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't think I have any close friends that are not also entrepreneurs, Mm. which makes things really, I'm going to say interesting to navigate. I feel like I haven't had a ton of like butting of heads or anything like that, but it's, I, I will speak to It's really interesting dynamics to personally navigate when I feel like my business is just surviving while my friends' businesses around me are thriving because obviously I'm so happy for them. Like I would, I want nothing but success for my friends, especially entrepreneur friends who are running their own business. Like it's, it's a tough world out here. And I would be lying if I said like that it's a lot to have to process through whenever I'm like, cool. Like I didn't even make enough money these last two weeks to pay my bills. And I have friends that are hiring new team members. Their business is growing. They hit X number of followers on social media, which like doesn't necessarily mean that their business is successful. 
but it's like a win. Like they're in very much a growth phase while I might be in a lesser of a growth phase. Absolutely. And when it's people in close proximity to you that you're like co-working with and talking shop with, it is hard to be, to have people at different levels of business than you. And the comparison trap naturally comes in of like, what am I doing wrong? Am I good at this? Like whatever the thoughts might be. And unfortunately, because we're humans, there's a little crossfire between like being relational and how we think about people when that comparison is going on. Yeah. I will say, I think it's been not easier. I think it's been helpful for me because like my, while we all work in the eating disorder, weight inclusive realm, majority of my friends are private practice owners and I'm not. And so I can only imagine the comparison that comes with like, you're running these same type of business. Like my business model is so different than what they're doing. And so it's like, you know, comparing apples to oranges, which probably, which makes it a little bit easier, but it's, it's like hard to hold space for both. And I, and I was, I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm sitting here saying how hard it is. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, I'm trying to think of like what I, well, therapy, I go to therapy, That's therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. but in terms of like tangible tips, like the most helpful thing has been the, I think it's a DBT skill. Hmm. I think the yes. And like both, like, like holding, holding both, like they can both be true. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So like I can be wallowing for myself, like within my own shit and still be really happy and supportive of a friend. And I think it's just taken years of having to hold space for both of those and being a naturally optimistic person has definitely helped. And I think, you know, I, I feel weird giving like tips around this. Cause I'm like, I think it just like naturally happens, but that's probably been the most helpful. And then it's just, you know, I've had so many friends like jump ship and start their own business. And so, um, it's really fun to support them in that piece. And get to co-work with them (laughs) and everyone has a flexible schedule and it's, yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful for that piece of it. I was sitting here thinking as you were talking that I can speak to being in the private practice space because that is my main business. Mm -hmm. Although I think as values driven group continues to build out and as we continue to build out, we, then it is going to be competing for time, (laughs) not a time in a day, but with most of my experience so far to date being in the private practice realm, it was definitely harder in the beginning. Um, and again, it's all of our own shit. And when you can name that and accept that and be like, of course I'm feeling this way. I have X, Y, and Z insecurity going on. This is where I'm at. This is where this person's at. They're in proximity to me. Of course there's natural like feelings that come up. And I've been on both sides of the coin of, I don't even think both sides of the coin is right term, whatever we're rolling with it, throw it on some merch. I've been on the side (laughs) comparing myself to somebody who's further along in the journey than me. Who's the friend. And then I've been on the end of where there's a lot of comparison done to me around people being newer in their practices and then seeing me grow my group. And there's had to be conversations in different friendships around navigating that because it could be easy to say like, well, it's my business. It doesn't impact you. And we do impact each other. So I think what is helpful is naming your own shit, talking about it in therapy. If things come up with friendships that you, of people who are also entrepreneurs and you need to have conversations around how you're feeling and hope, hoping they're a safe place to do that too. I think that's important. How have you initiated those conversations in the past? Mm -hmm. Oh, wise one who doesn't mind conflict. (laughs) Oh, wise one. I don't know that I'm that wise. I'll speak to examples of being the one who is feeling a little resentful of someone that's further along to me. I've definitely compared myself to like group practices that have more employees than me or retain employees more. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? How is this person doing X, Y, Z? And 
I haven't had direct conversations to be like, Hey, I feel resentful of you because that's my shit. Right. Um, but I, I rather like to use that energy more to be like, Hey, you're doing a really awesome job. Like I'd love to hear what's going on with X, Y, and Z and really just making that my own. It didn't even need to be a direct conversation because it's not their job to help me through it. And then on the flip side, when there's been friends who were struggling with private practice, which PS, I am a firm believer. There's always this moment of like panic, having only a few clients being like, what the fuck am I doing? Being like, am I made for this? And then things taking off. That is like what always happens to people in this space who really are wanting to do this. Um, they figure it out, but I've had a few friends in that spot and be like, you know, just talking to me as more of a mentor in that, like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. Like, why, why am I not doing this? Why? Like, I see you building this thing. How can I not even get 20 clients or whatever? Um, and I, I, I really try to depersonalize it and show up for them however they need me to, because at the root of all of this, it's not about the other person that you're comparing to or being compared to. It's like our own insecurities. Wow. That was a great answer. (laughs) Thanks, Anne. (laughs) So I would say that's probably the biggest thing that come up in entrepreneur friendships. Otherwise it's, you know, the the quote unquote conflict. Right. But I, I I do have a question for you because I feel like this comes comes up for me as well is like, I'm very thankful to have friends who are also entrepreneurs and we, it all feels like a very safe space to like talk about the peaks and the pits, the roses and the thorns, the highs and the lows, whatever you want to call them. And I would say it's especially because I don't know, I've kind of been talking about this as like one's thriving, one's surviving, but like when you're both in the pits of it, how do you hold space for them and allow them to throw themselves a pity party while you were also throwing yourself a pity party? Cause that gets real tricky for me. I don't know if this is going to sound weird or rude or like, I don't know. I was, I, I don't know. I haven't been in a pity party in a while mm-hmm. related to success of business or quote unquote success. Right. Um, I'm more getting into pity parties. And so I guess I can speak to being in a pity party of overwhelmed, stressed, wanting to burn everything down. Um, and then having people in my life like that. And it's more of like a, like a trauma laugh situation where we're like, this fucking sucks. And it doesn't always feel like this. So it's more of a coming together versus like, oh God, I'm in my shit and you're in your shit. I could definitely see it if there was like a more of the issue of, I don't know if this is workable. That's where I could see it getting really like down and dumpy and maybe having to set some boundaries around conversations with people until you're both feeling better. Do you have thoughts around that? Yeah. I mean, I I think that's, I think that makes total sense. I, you know, I'm also very thankful that so many people are great at setting boundaries and, and, you know, I, have to challenge myself on this too. If I know that I'm like in a pity party, like being like, look, like, I don't want to talk about work. Like I, I just need a friend. I just need to like, we just need to like work a day in it at five. Like we're going to be friends now. Like I don't want to talk about work anymore. Um, I think the, the hard thing for me is that if hello, Enneagram seven, if me and friends are both in pity parties, I take on the role of like, well, if they're in a pity party, like I can't be in a pity party. So like, let me pause my emotions and be a hype girl to try to get them out of their pity party, (laughs) like go into problem solving mode almost. So I don't have to focus on my pity party. Oh, oh, okay. Now I'm triggered because (laughs) I have been in situations like that of just like, not even dealing with my stuff to help somebody else with theirs. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's so much easier to focus on yours. Let's like get after it. Here's what you can do. Take an action here to get more clients, almost like a coaching role. Yes. And then I like, I'm like, cool. Then I don't have to deal with my bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I will say, I usually ask, um, cause I, my immediate thought is like to problem solve. And I have gotten better about asking my friends of like, do you just need to vent about your work right now? Or do you like need solutions to be thrown your way because I can do both, but I'd really like the solutions your way. 
I love that. You've definitely, you've done that to me and I've appreciated it. And I also try to do that because yeah, it's nothing is harder. And this is in general with relationships, any kind friendship, family, intimate relationships. When you come to somebody with an issue and you're not able to maybe express in the moment of this is what I need from you. You like, you're just kind of letting it out. And then for them to be like, Oh, that sucks. You should quit. Or like, here's what you should do. Like our immediate reaction is to give feedback or advice or try to fix because we don't want to sit in our own discomfort, whether it's the discomfort of holding somebody else's problem. And so I try to be really intentional too, of like, what, what do you need from me so that I can support you best with where you're at right now? And then I also get to decide if I have the capacity for that or not. And if I don't have the capacity in that moment, I'm going to let them know I'm very much like a straightforward, direct person and find a different time to support them. Cause it is yeah. important to me. Obviously we both have friends that are entrepreneurs. I think you probably have a few more people in your life that are friends that are not entrepreneurs. What does anything come up with them in terms of entrepreneurship? Because like, I love talking about my businesses. And so I can only imagine that if I had friends that like loved working a nine to five or like, didn't quite get the whole entrepreneurial thing. Like how annoying I must sound to them talking about business all the time. So I'd love to hear your experience with this. Whenever you were asking, you said what, and then you started to go into your question. I thought your question was going to be, what do you talk about? If not entrepreneurship in your business, that too, Um, that is also my question. Yeah. So when I think about friends outside of entrepreneurship, it's really a lot of people related to my hobbies. So the main one I think about is climbing. I have a lot of amazing people that I climb with who are just, if you've ever hung out with a climber, or you know, a group of climbers, they are like equally bananas and silly while also free spirited and grounded. And like just the best people has been my experience. And so first of all, they don't want to fucking talk about work, which I'm like, cool. This is my intentional space where I am shutting off physically, mentally, emotionally, and in relationship with this person. So I really don't talk about work a lot unless it's the beginning of a friendship where, you know, I give context to my life because scheduling, climbing together and things, but I think it's a nice break. Honestly, um, nobody tries to give me advice. And again, this might just be unique to my situation. Like sometimes I will vent about stuff, but for the most part, I really don't. And that feels good. It feels good to be like, these are my friends outside of entrepreneurship when I don't feel like entrepreneurship being my only identity. Quick little note. We're going to be talking about diet culture real quick. You're like, I can connect to these people and not have to say the word eating disorder once. Yes. Although related caveat, people who are not in the entrepreneur space with me, which most entrepreneur people in my life are in our non-diet fat, positive fat liberation space. There's a lot of fat phobia. There's a lot of diet culture talk. And I'm constantly in conflict in my mind of, do I need to fucking say something to you right now? Do I have the energy for that? Like, what is going to be helpful and relational? Because sometimes I can be brash and be like, dude, don't fucking say that. And sometimes that's warranted. But other times when people are kind of a victim of diet culture and it's not their fault, like I'm always balancing that thought too, of it's not my job to go through the world and correct people because that's exhausting and it's not always relational. And if I have a close relationship with someone who's a friend, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm concerned about you and what you're speaking to right now. And, um, here's some resources I have, or, you know, it kind of depends on level of comfort, level of friendship, et cetera. So that is one caveat that stinks about not being in the entrepreneur friendship dynamic in that moment is there are people that, you know, you could ask to get ice cream after climbing with them. They're like, Oh, I'm doing keto right now. And I'm like internal screaming. I truthfully think that's why so many of my friends are entrepreneurs in our space because I know that I can go hang out with them and that phobia is not present, mm-hmm. which is That's awesome. So important. One last point I want to talk about with friendships and entrepreneurship is when I get in the zone or overwhelmed or overworked and spread out too much, I 
have a very, very not awesome habit of isolating myself and not being relational and not checking in with my friends. And that's a big red flag to me that something needs to shift. And I've been in that space way too much over the last two years. So that's why if you listen to our episode on our Q3 intentions, one of my things that I'm doing is really making time for connecting with people outside of work and even my entrepreneur friends who I'm also regular friends with too. Um, so that is one point of contention I always think about with friendships is I, when I'm too busy being an entrepreneur and I drop people like that's not cool. So just call myself out. Yeah, no, that's, and it's, it's helpful to, to at least recognize that. Right. Um, I'm, and I think we've mentioned this, I've mentioned this before. I'm the opposite. I'll like be like F it with work stuff and be like, let's go to happy hour. (laughs) They're like, Morgan, I'm working. And I was like, no, I'll be there for you later. Like (laughs) have a drink. Let's go grab dinner. So, um, there is that flip side. Yeah. You know, it's great for the relationship, but not as great for the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what, as we always talk about, I wonder if it was just me in my business, if I would feel more like that, but because I have other people depending on me, that is huge accountability that this girl needs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it totally could. It totally could be that. And the last type of relationship that we're going to talk about is intimate relationships slash having a partner. I'm going to preface this by saying I am single, ready to mingle, but not beyond dating apps. We're taking a break from those for a bit. In my journey as an entrepreneur, I've had two boyfriends. They were very short-lived, two months and three months. However, I am a girl who wears her hat on her sleeve and jumps into, not jumps into relationships, but like when I find someone that I vibe with like really well, I, there's an immediate connection. It's, I've been processing this. It's like this with friendships too. I think it's just kind of an all around, that's my, that's my, or I like connecting with people and that is the same with relationships. And so even though those relationships were two months and three months, which like in the grand scheme of time is not super long. I had a really strong connection with both of those people. And so when it came time to break up with them, because I had to take off my rose colored glasses and trust my intuition, it wrecked me both times. Breakups fucking fuck. (laughs) Not that anyone enjoys a breakup, but like, holy shit. I, that's when I have felt most rocked in my business is when I'm managing my anxiety related to a breakup and can't think about anything else of, are they going to text me? Are they going to call me? Do I need to talk to them? What are they doing right now? You can't think about your business. Eh, I, eh, I feel like you were just inside of my brain. I hate how much breakups have impacted me in my business. And I, I don't want to say hate because it just is how my personality is, but I'm with you. Like, When I'm in a relationship with someone, intimate relationship, I also wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm so in it and invested. And even if it needs to happen, which has happened many times over the last five years, I have been through many breakups and there's nothing more painful for me than grieving the loss of time, energy, emotions invested in an intimate partner. And that ends through breakup. Like it is so distracting and so painful and makes it really hard to make movement in your practice. Totally. Yeah. If you can't tell, this is the one I'm most passionate about, even though it's happened to me the least, but like family and friends, I got it. Like it just, it, I'm not all the time, obviously I have ups and downs with it too, but like those feel really stable for the most part. Whereas like a relationship is like you are with someone. And then you break up and then it's like cold turkey. And I don't do good with cold turkey stuff. Like, nope, 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 nope. Like that feels so abrupt and just like, it just disrupts everything. And like, I think you nailed it. Like I've invested time. I've invested energy. I have a connection with someone and like, you have to grieve it. Yep. And you had a vision with this person too, right? At one point in time, whether it was with the rose colored glasses or not, which I very much related to, obviously as an Enneagram stuff. And those things are like, I have rose colored contact lenses that are attached to my retina. Like they're not even glasses. They are so hard to remove. I have to have special fingers to remove those. 
Um, <laughs> but it's just like, it. <laughs> yes, totally nailed it. I don't even, I distracted myself with my metaphor, but, um, it, it it's tough. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, so I went through a breakup right as we were beginning recording the podcast. It was in within a matter of like, I think two or three weeks of us starting to record and, you know, nice, not blurred lines of friendship and part like business partners and all of that. But like, I brought that into our podcast recording before we hit record and like Hannah and I would like hash things out before and I would like have a nice little cry sesh and then, and then we'd hit record. Um, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for that and, and being able to have that space and, and have your words of wisdom, especially because you are someone who has dated and is also an Enneagram seven and can very much relate to that. And I was out of commission for a bit with work. I, it was bare minimum for probably about two to three weeks there. And I'm so thankful it wasn't longer than that. I can't imagine being out of commission, which that can be a whole other episode of like making sure there's systems in place in order to support time off from business, which like we can do another time, but it was the bare minimum. And then you, and then I was in the headspace of like, I'm letting myself down. I'm letting the business down. I'm not doing my best. I'm I'm like already like kicked myself down from breaking up with someone. And then I'm like, eh, I'm also a shit entrepreneur. Like it is like a demon butterfly effect. Like just these horrible butterflies that like just keep going and keep expanding about all the things in your life and how they suck. Yeah. 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 Hate that energy. Ugh. Not to dwell on breakups. I am very curious how you navigate running a business while having a partner. Yes. Very good question. Um, I won't speak about my partner too much just because I don't have his consent. Um, And so what I will speak to is our dynamic and what really works for us at this point in time. Things that people should know about me, like I don't, ever want to be married. I'm a very, um, independent person who, and not that those things are mutually exclusive, but I just, for me, I don't want kids. I don't like, I'm not a traditional person. Maybe more of that will come out on the podcast later. I don't know, but I just, I can't imagine spending my life with one person. And my partner knows this. We're both very transparent about that. I just, it doesn't, it's so hard um, to envision that. It's almost like the trapping thing. And so, you know, with this person, we both live really independent lives and come together as we desire to very beautifully. Um, And he is very stable, (laughs) like very stable in work, works a nine to five, Um, is very good with boundaries. And like when work's done, work is done. He does help me with some stuff at values driven group though, which is really nice. And I think he likes to, to be a behind the scenes person to, as part of my business and an asset, which is really good. But overall, I think the hardest thing being in a relationship with this person is I am neurotic (laughs) And I think sometimes that is hard to deal with in general and your intimate partner really gets that side of you the most. So like he's the person I cry to the most about stuff, which is fairly often. And he's also the person who kind of gets the brunt end of things where Wednesday nights, when we hang out, I have to do grad school a lot of the time. And so we are coexisting together. We actually call that time together garbage time because- (laughs) He kind of does whatever he wants to, and I'm working on grad school and we are having that time in between scheduling and going out. It's like, we're just living life together. And right now me living life means using after hours for grad school a lot. So I think sometimes he's mostly understanding, but I also think people hit their capacities for like entrepreneurs are bananas and I cannot relate to you. And I need you to like reel it in a little. I think sometimes he gets there, even though he'd never say it in that way. Yeah. Um, but I do think the hard thing about that is just, I'm in so many places all the time. And that also makes it hard to be present. And I think in any relationship, having a presence is important. Totally. I think that's, I, 
me and my dreaming self and envisioning life with a partner one day, I go back and forth. I'm like, part of me feels like I would do so great with someone who had that stability, that nine to five to, cause I feel like that stability would allow me to like be even more free in terms of business stuff. Then I'm like, but wouldn't it be so fun? You know, I want to like live abroad for a good chunk of the year. Like, wouldn't it be so fun to have an entrepreneur partner that could also do that with me? And then like one of my past relationships, he worked really long hours. And I was like, this is like dream scenario. Like I had flexibility in my schedule. I would go take him coffee at the office in the middle of the day, see him for like, not every day, but like occasionally see him for like 10 minutes while he had a little break. And then he would work until like 830 at night and then would come over after. And I'm like, I've worked out, I've eaten dinner, I've worked until the evening. And now like I have an hour before I go to bed to just hang. (laughs) And so it's, who who knows where we'll where we'll end up, but and and I know um, intimate relationships and and partnerships and all of that are are there's no one size fits all with it. But um, I I think about it a lot of like how my role as entrepreneur, especially multi passionate entrepreneur, will impact mm-hmm. future relationships and and dating. Man, that'd yeah. be a fun episode to record. <laughs> <laughs> and it does, it totally does, and you have to find folks who can tolerate that and support you in that. And you have to decide for yourself in what ways do you want to be supported? Like some people might be like, I just don't talk about this with my partner because I don't want it to, I don't want their advice. They're not in the business with me, X, Y, and Z, whatever the thought might be. Or like, I need my personal life to be a safe place that I come to from my business to where it's separate. Um, and So the examples that you just gave around like this kind of person or this kind of person, there's like pros and then grief with each one. And that's how it's always going to be big picture with relationships anyway, is you're going to take these different paths and be losing something, whether it's a dream or a vision or like a tangible, that's just part of choosing a person. We just want to give a quick shout out to Jen who gave us this topic idea and asked us to dive into these topics. We know that relationships can be complicated. They're especially complicated whenever you're an entrepreneur and you're getting feedback and having to navigate relationships as someone who likely loves their business so much. So if anything, we hope you feel validated. If you have had a really hard or really cool experience navigating relationships, family, friendships, partnerships, we would love to hear it. Thanks for listening to the Wait Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Please leave us the rating and review, share with the business bestie, and check out our website at waitinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week.